days I wanna praise Everybody needs your love Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Church Online. So good to have you with us. We thought we'd welcome you this morning, didn't we? Yeah, so we're going to pray in a few moments, but I'm just so thankful that you are online with us this morning. Uh, I was reading Psalm 45 this morning and it just starts, I exalt you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. I will bless you every day. I will praise your name forever and ever. Just thought of that intentional thing of just saying, I'm going to come and I'm going to worship and bless you, God, today. Uh, all generations across all nations coming together. And this is our moment. Uh, it's not how we want it to be necessarily, but it's what we've got. And uh, we're able to be together and have this as a moment. So I want to invite you this morning just to come and worship every age, every generation, every nation we've got represented in our church. And just like the kids come and worship with us so often and see us worshipping. Hey, how about the kids seeing um, us worship with them this morning? So we're going to sing a kid's song in a moment. Will you pray for us? And then we're going to sing a kid's song. Is that okay? Go on, then you pray for us. Jesus, thank you for each other and for having this time to worship together. Amen. Amen. So we are going to sing one of our favourite songs, aren't we? Yes. You are the king of the... Lions. You are the king of the... Giants. You are the king of the creatures, creatures of the deep. deep. You, you are, are the king, king of, of me. me. So we're going to sing that this morning. So even if you've got kids or not in your house, how about we get up? We do a little bit of marching. We join in with the kids this morning uh, and then Alan's going to lead us after that. So let's worship together. My God's the king of the the king of the lions, my God's the king of the creatures of the deep, my God's the king of me. Have you heard the story by my friend King Dave? Wouldn't let the giant stand in his way. He said, hand me my sling, cause he's not that tall. My God is bigger and I watch him fall. He was a mighty holy praying man They said throw him to the den of the scary beast But God saved a hero from the lion's teeth yeah. My God's the king of the giants My God's the king of the lions My God's the king of the creatures of the deep My God's the king of me
Good morning, everyone. Hope you're all doing okay this morning. Uh, hope you all uh, were up and marching around and uh, blowing out the cobwebs on this uh, cold November morning. So we're going to worship God together now. Oh, my soul, 
that never fails worship your holy name you never let us down you're the anchor in the storm you call us each by name You welcome us in, you call us to be holy and blameless. You cover us, you unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God, no longer, I'm no longer a slave to fear, I am a child of God. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again into your family. Your blood flows through my veins. No longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. No longer, I'm no longer a slave to fear. 
a child of God We're your children You've rescued us You've set us free You've broken the hold of death You're victorious Every knee will bow before you Every tongue confess of who you are Every tongue confess the name of Jesus At your name at your name my fears will flee At your name all sickness bows the knee You're the light in the dark You split the sea so I could walk right through it My fears were drowned in perfect love You rescued me so I could stand and sing I am a child of God You split the sea You split the sea so I could walk right through it My fears were drowned in perfect love you rescued me so I could stand and sing I am a child of God I am a child, I am a child of God I am your child, I am a child of God I'm no longer a to fear I am a child of God let's sing it out we're no longer slaves to fear the enemy has no power I am a child of God we are children you call us no longer slaves we've been set free you set us free Lord that we are your children sons and daughters not forgotten not left on the side not not disregarded because of whatever has happened this week or even today but you call us your sons and daughters and you've proved your love for us by paying a huge price saying this is how much I love you but this isn't dependent on you faith in what I have done for you so Lord I pray this morning just as we sing that, that chorus just once more 
Lord, I, I, I just pray that this would not be a moment of entertainment. This wouldn't be a moment where we just are absorbing something on a screen, but this would be an act of worship from your people to our heavenly father, your children crying out to you. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you, God, for what you've done. Thank you that we are your children. We're your sons and your daughters. And you are still our father. So Lord, as we come to you right now, we come to you as your children, knowing that you have all the time to hear us. You're not preoccupied. You're not distracted. You're not consumed with everything else. Your face is towards us. So we lift our face towards you and we, we, we use this moment right now as a moment in our week where we gather and it's not ideal, but it's what we have and we give you what we have and we ask you to fill it with your spirit. Come and meet us and fill us. So as we sing right now, Lord, it's a declaration of who we are and who you are is a declaration that you are God and you're our father and that we're your children, whether we feel it or not, whether the world tells us we're not, whether circumstances make it feel like you're in control or not, we make the declaration of truth that you are God, you are our father and we're your children. And in that, fear be gone. So let's just sing right now, let's just worship. Let's be the community of God that worship him. Not our entertained, not our consumers, but a worshiping community right now, declaring the truth about who God is. Thanks, Alan. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love you rescued me so i could stand and sing i am a child of god you split the sea you split the sea so i could walk right through it my fears were drowned in perfect love you rescued me so I could stand and sing. I am a child of God, and I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm longer. I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God I am a child I am a child of God I am a child I am a child of God a child of the Most High Seeing Becky there shared Galatians 4, just uh, an encouraging passage. Just God, God affirming who we are in him. 
God has sent his spirit of his son into my hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so that no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. And it's reminding me of Colossians 3, um, which says, so you've been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. He is in control, he is powerful. Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Your life is hidden with what Christ has done. So we thank you, God, for who you are. And because of that, who we are. Lies pray right now for everybody listening, wherever we are, whatever we're experiencing. Spirit of God, please come and meet with us. Oh, we remember today here as Remembrance Sunday. We come and we re remember um, the price that you have paid. Wow, what a price that you gave your life for our freedom. You gave your life to set us free. And there are others that we see in our world that we see you with the sacrifice that they've made. And we remember them today, those from our own nation who gave their life for us to experience the freedom that we can have right now. And so in the next few moments, we're going to play a short video and then we're going to have a moment of silence as across our nation, in churches, in online communities of faith online, and we gather in the ways we can this year. And I know on Armistice Day, some will go onto their doorsteps and stand and do silence because we can't do it the way we have done in the past, but we still honour and we will still do that this year. And so as a church, we will still honour those uh, who have given their life in wars throughout generations uh, for our freedom. So let's watch this video and then let's uh, have a time of silence together this morning. They went with songs to the battle. They were young. Straight of limb, true of eye, steady and aglow. They were staunch to the end against odds uncounted. They fell with their faces to the foe. They shall grow not old. As we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them. Nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. We will remember them. We will remember them. We will remember them. We will remember them.
We will remember them. We will remember the many that have suffered, served and died for the liberties and for the privileges as humans that we enjoy today. We will remember them. We will give thanks for them. We will enjoy what has been given to us through their sacrifice. We will remember Jesus. We will rejoice in him. We will rejoice in what he's given us through his sacrifice. We will rejoice in the liberty that he's given us. And I pray that we will exercise that liberty in his cause, for his kingdom, for the gospel's sake, as we go from this moment. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Ian, for leading us in that prayer. And just an important moment, even though we can't physically be together, uh, just for us to take a moment and just remember today, uh, along with so many others, uh, those that have given their life for us. Uh, and so it's important we do that. Um, and and uh, we're going to move on. We're going to get some notices. And Ian, uh, excited that Ian's going to bring part two of our study into Philippians. Last week, we started looking at this letter into the New Testament from Paul uh, to the church in Philippi. So uh, maybe grab your Bibles. We're going to be in Philippians chapter one. You can start looking for that just while I share some notices. Kids, uh, I'm just going to post the link to our kids church. So if you want to get another device or maybe do it later on, uh, then there's some kids church stuff there that you can enjoy this afternoon. Uh, important part of our church. Uh, and uh, we want to know that you're enjoying that so if you if you get involved in that and you're doing any of the craft stuff or you're learning anything and you want to put it on video or take a photo please do we'd love to have you share that with us um, so we can share that as a church uh, on a Sunday morning when we gather we'd love to be able to do that uh, so that link should be there for you also just want to say if you want prayer for anything this morning then there should be a prayer request button on the screen you're looking at <laughs> please hit that or you can just email admin at occ-stratford.org.uk and that will send an email request straight through to us we'd love to be able to pray for you this morning uh, regarding anything so please just send those prayer requests through and know that people in our church will be praying for you um, also uh, during this time I know we've entered another four weeks of lockdown we're trying to connect with as many as we can as especially those of you that may be on your own just making sure you're in a bubble or if you need any support then please you know where we are um, uh, we, we've got an email address that you can contact which is pastoral at occ-stratford.org.uk uh, we believe in the prophetic but we're not mind readers so if you need some help please this is a time where we can cry out to each other and if you need the support then please email us or ring myself or you know sue uh, as uh, we work in a few hours a week pastorally in our church uh, just a real gift pastorally that sue has so if you can contact us we might not be one of us but we can certainly get someone in touch with you and we'll be able to support you in the best way we can so please don't be alone over these four weeks uh, for any matter uh, any time for that matter just please reach out to us and we'll keep in contact with you as well uh, and let's support each other if you're in a connect group then please go go to your connect group coordinator go for those in your connect group that's what we're here for uh, if you're not in one and you'd like to be then please just speak to somebody in church and just say look i i need to be in something with some other followers because we're not we're not meant to do this on our own uh, and so if you're feeling disconnected then please uh, there, there are ways to connect in and i'd encourage you to do that uh, during this time uh, as we as we get through this next lockdown together uh, and also just before i hand over to ian and i'm going to read the the passage this morning but before 
that if you are able to we're trying to support financially people in our church uh, just this week you've helped some people connect that aren't connecting online and aren't able to connect online but we've been able to give them some resources to be able to connect uh, so your finance and your giving has been able to enable people that might be isolated to actually connect in so um, please I want to encourage you if you're able to um, give during this time then there'll be a link that comes up uh, in the chat and you can give there or you can go to occ-stratford.org.uk forward slash give uh, and uh, your giving will be able to help those within our church family during this time um, but we're going to get into God's word and we're going to gather around Philippians so hopefully you've got a bible uh, and we're going to read uh, Philippians 1 3 to 11 we explored uh, verses 1 and 2 last week if you missed that then please get online watch the video uh, or listen to the listen to the service the whole service from last week is on there uh, and let me just read Philippians uh, 1 verse 3 to you right now it says this I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you because I have you in my heart and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defence and the confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how deeply I miss all of you with the affections of Christ Jesus. And I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge in every kind of discernment, that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. And I feel like I need to say an amen before I hand over to Ian, who's going to lead us this morning. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, John. Thanks so much. Uh, it's a yes and amen, isn't it? I mean, what a, what a powerful um, passage of scripture. And we're going to dig into this this morning and we're, we are going to go pretty much uh, verse by verse and maybe join a few verses together just to unpack it. And I think as I've been talking with John about this letter and how we want to how we're going to deal with it, I, I think there's a sense of let's let the scripture speak into our into us, into our setting and into our lives in such a way that uh, draws us closer to Jesus and also onto the mission of Jesus and I think just to remind you of one of the things that's really important about this letter is that Paul's in prison uh, he's he's in captivity and now uh, pr prison in in the in the Roman setting wasn't for punishment it was basically to hold people there until they were executed uh, face trial and then executed it was it wasn't a pretty place to be so don't don't think that he, he had access to uh, PlayStations and TVs and all kinds of things. He, he was in the depth of a, a Roman prison. It, if you read Acts chapter 16, it gives this impression that he was taken into the inner depths of the prison and held in chains, which uh, was, um, was uncomfortable because it was also a means of torture. So I want you to get the picture of what Paul is experiencing at this moment. He's, he's in, the, in darkness. He's in the depth of lockdown. Uh, he's, there seems to be no way out, and yet his locked down position uh, didn't give him, or his locked in position didn't give him a locked down perspective. He had a, a, a perspective that was captivated by Jesus and the gospel, and, and we're going to draw out some things that I think just really help Paul in these circumstances. Now, uh, for us, this lockdown seems a little bit different for many, I guess, so there seems to be an end in sight. I'm not sure Paul 
re realized that maybe there was an end in sight that that was going to end well for him uh, and yet he was overjoyed uh, to be able to communicate to people that he journeyed with and uh, and ha and had it had such an impact in terms of his his gospel the gospel and the ministry and so let's look at this uh, verse first three uh, four and five we'll just dig into these so i think there is a slide that maybe phil will bring up and there are just some key Key words. I, you'll notice my my scribbles. I, I I'm I'm doing this because I want to maybe even in this process help you to think about ways that you can engage with scripture and and notice some things as we go through the passage and some key elements of 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 Paul's writing and and this is really the introduction. This is the introduction to his letter and so there are some key themes that we're going to draw out that as as we go through this letter we're going to unpack even further. But Paul says, I give thanks uh, to my God for every remembrance of you. I love that. I love the fact that in the, in the midst of prison, in the midst of lockdown, uh, Paul is giving thanks for the, for the Philippian uh, believers. And um, it goes on to say, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And so Paul is, 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 is overjoyed. He is thankful. He is uh, he he is um, thankful to God for the way that the Philippian believers have have been involved in the gospel ministry prior to his uh, captivity, but also during his captivity. He's always he goes on to say that he's always praying with joy for all of you in in my every prayer. So prayer then becomes this key feature and key element of Paul's life. Now I think if there's something that we could uh, begin to um understand uh, about Paul is it was first and foremost a man of, of prayer he his missionary teams were people well, they were people of prayer in which they were uh, were, were saturated in the in, in a life of prayer for the work and for the people in whom they were ministering to the uh, you'll notice that I've underlined the word joy there in in this in this text the, the word the joy is something that comes up repeatedly throughout the letter and those those things that you'll see in yellow are, are, are key elements, key themes. Joy is a key theme throughout the letter. I think it appears 16 times uh, throughout the course of this short, short um, uh, letter to the Philippian church. And then also all. Now, all is is appears six times in these nine verses. So when something appears so frequently in such a short space of time, we're getting the impression that this is something that is crucially important to Paul. I think John, you mentioned last week uh, uh, that it, there was this sense of all included. It wasn't just a few. It wasn't just a some. It wasn't just to the the elders and the and the deacons. It was to all. It was to the whole community that Paul was writing to. And he, here he says, "My prayers are for all of you in my every prayer." I think that's why it's quite important for you to understand why why John and others will be calling around and will be engaging in prayer, not just for some, not just for those who are leading connect groups and not just for those who are involved in ministry and, and have a benefit to, in the sense of the, the, the wider, but for all of us who are part of the community. I think that's what we see here in Paul is that he is he's for all. But there's something else that we need to understand, I think, from this letter when Paul uses this word. Is that there was uh, there were some challenges of the day that Paul is addressing uh, in this letter that we're going to get into at a later point in in as we as we unpack it, but there were certain uh, false teachings that were, were were prevalent at the time, 
um, Greek thought that maybe only a certain few could have a certain special knowledge and and uh, and, and and so it was excluding some from encountering uh, encountering that teaching now we understand that Paul um, was for all the gospel was for all his message was for all it wasn't just for a few that Jesus came for all and so Paul is emphasizing all this message of good news is for you too it's not just for some this letter this uh, gospel, this good news that Paul unpacks here is for you and for me. And then the other thing is this idea, this, uh, I mentioned their prayer, but also partnership, partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. What does that mean? Well, actually, Paul uh, had this uh, understanding that when people encountered Jesus, when the gospel landed in their hearts and they had a revelation of Jesus and, and committed their way to Jesus, their life to Jesus, from the first day until that moment and for ongoing, uh, they were partners with him in the gospel. It wasn't just gonna be for a few people, but the partnership in the gospel was for all, not just a, not just a few. You didn't, he, he didn't wait to get them involved in the gospel. Now, the other thing about this uh, that is, is important that the partnership there, some scholars believe that had a, an element of which they gave financially to Paul and his work to, to support the ministry and to support him in prison, which we'll see a little bit later in these verses. And so this partnership, the effectiveness of gospel partnership, wasn't simply um, a, about an, a, a nice relationship one with another, but it was practical in its outworking uh, and it was immediate. Um, so let's, let's, I just want to give it a little thought about this idea for, for Paul and, and, and what was triggering, tri how he sort of triggered prayer was this sense of the remembrance, the remembrance of, of, of people who were partners in the gospel brought him around to this prayer of thanksgiving. I, I, I think there's something about that when we remember, uh, when we remember people who've had an impact in our lives or we remember people who are going, struggling in some way or when we remember people who are in, in, a part of our lives that we do we just go, oh, that's a nice little thought, or do we turn it to thanksgiving for that person and then into prayer? I don't know about you, but there's often times where I'll just have a little thought about something, somebody will pop into my mind, and, and it's really, that's where it stays. But I get the impression for Paul, when he remembered the people that he would invested in, it, it turned to thanksgiving because he, he knew where they'd come from, and he knew where they now were, but he also knew where they were going. And, and so that sense of thanksgiving and you know, maybe maybe you could try this next time you remember somebody. Could you remember where they've come from? Could you remember where they are? And could you remember where they're going and, and allow that to turn to thankfulness for them and then into prayer for them? So that those ordinary moments of the day that take, seem just like fleeting thoughts could be used to give thanksgiving for one another, for gospel advancement in their lives and in our communities. I wonder whether that's just a pattern we could use. And then let's move on to the uh, to verse six, because this is the, the one of the key one of the verses that I think John mentioned last week that we can uh, often often just put up on our on our fridges or uh, on our, uh, if we're in America or our bumper plates, you know, and uh, and have this out there. And, and it's, it's, it's a great verse. It's a great verse to remember, but it's also really important to understand it within the context of which Paul is writing. And he's writing to a people who have come from a a background, a pagan background of idol worship and uh, just a, a godless society. And he, he's 
Uh, he's also really aware that there are some false teachers who are seeking to disrupt the work of God. Um, I don't know about you, but um, sometimes it can it can feel a little bit um, challenging walking with Jesus, can't it? You, I don't know whether you've ever had those moments of, oh God, well, am I going to am I going to get through this? Uh, am I am I going to am I going to last the race? Am I going to last the course? You, you know, we sometimes have worries and anxieties, or maybe we struggle with a theological concept or some kind of truth we're grappling with and we don't get it and we don't understand it and yet Paul in light of all that's going on in the Philippi, in the Philippian region and, and within the life of the church he says this I am sure of this I'm sure of it I'm absolutely confident is what he's trying to say that that he who started a good work so you remember, he's, he's, this is what I, I can try and imagine Paul saying, so guys, you remember when we, when that, in that first moment when you met Jesus and the gospel was communicated to you and you, you didn't do anything to start it, you didn't do anything to earn it, but the gospel was, was penetrated your heart and illuminated your heart in such a way that you saw Jesus and understood Jesus and, and, and were drawn to Jesus putting aside all those other things to pursue him do you remember that it was he who started a good work in you do you remember it was it was his work in you and that he will carry it on to completion until the day of christ this is this is really important for us because the gospel is 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 is, is ultimately about the work of god in us and then through us the work of God starts as a, a redeeming work, a saving work, a transforming work, a renewing work. It brings us from death to life, and it's all God. And yet there is a requirement for us to participate with him in that completing that work of completion. But he does it, and he will guarantee it, and he secures it until the day of Jesus. Now, Paul um, has this his, his theology and his understanding that one day Jesus will return to the earth and, and to, today is not the not the moment to get into that end time eschatological views because maybe you can speak to John about that um, but the uh, <laughs> or come to me and uh, and we can talk about some of those end time views but the re the reality that is gripped by Paul uh, Paul is gripped by is that Jesus will one day return and he will establish his rule and his reign forever. And we have a moment in this time, in this period of time, between the now and the not yet, um, to respond to Jesus. But he will do it as we set our hearts in. So this is uh, something that I, I wonder will be helpful to you as we think about salvation, because you can maybe just think, oh, well, it'll come at the point where Jesus returns and that's it. But it's, 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 it's a little bit more involved. It's like so this sense of you are saved. So when you put your trust in Jesus and your faith in Jesus, he comes to he comes to live in you through the Holy Spirit. John, you read John, 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 chapter three, that renewal in, internally, the spirit of God brings new life to you. You are saved. You're his. You're safe in because the spirit, the Holy Spirit himself is the guarantee of this. But you're also being saved. Because this is the outworking of that justification, that being made right with God in, in and through sanctification, to be made more like Jesus, the process of being saved. How many of you, you just like I, know that when I began the journey, I'm not the same as I was uh, and I am now. I, I, I'd like to think that I've grown somewhat. I'd like to think that the process, that, that being saved, that 
you are saved is being worked out in being saved as, as, as transformation takes place. And then the, the promise, which is guaranteed because of Jesus' death and resurrection, that is the, pro the proclamation of the gospel is that Christ died for a sin and rose he, and he rose again on the third day that he is he is king of all things and he will establish his eternal kingdom forever. And he calls us to follow him and be participants in in that kingdom is that we will be saved, that we will be a part of his kingdom. We will be a part of his eternal purposes. That's the reality. It, so it's it's past, present and future tense in this idea of that Paul is trying to get across. And so we can be assured and guaranteed um, in this moment today, right in, in these days, in these uncertain times, that whatever you're facing, that God will complete what he started because it's his work. He calls us, though, to participate with him in that work. And so going on, let's move on quickly. In verse seven, it says this. Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you because I, I have you in my heart and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness. Uh, how deeply I miss all of you with the affection of Christ uh, Jesus. Beautifully shifts now from this Look, guys, I, I know that, you're, that God's going to finish his work. And, he, and it's right for me to think about this because, because I have you in my heart. We are all partners in this grace, in this gospel, this work of, of good news. We're, we're in this together. He, he's, there's not a hierarchical setting, although Paul is, is an apostle and has right to speak authoritatively into their lives. He, he sees them as family, sees them as brothers and sisters, as co-laborers in the good news. And uh, this would give indication at this point also about the the way that the Philippians served Paul and helped Paul and journeyed with Paul in his freedom, but also in his imprisonment and confirmation of the gospel. Their lives, their witness, their pattern, their behavior, their words spoke as a defense of the gospel, but also a confirmation of the gospel, that this gospel has the power to transform. Could you Can you imagine what it must have done to the environment, the, the communities where these believers were meeting, when they, when, when all, the, when others saw them rejecting the, the multiple gods of their day to give their allegiance to King Jesus and serve and serve Paul, who was in prison, with 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 very practical means. Now, I already mentioned that the the the, the Roman Roman prisons weren't exactly known for their hospitality service. Um, so he, Paul would have needed people to provide him with food and, and, and clothing and, and, and other things in this setting. And it seems to me that the Philippian church and the Philippine believers saw them, that, that element of giving into that gospel ministry, both in prison and outside of prison, as a valuable expression of gospel partnership. You see that the gospel partnership, it means all things because we we actually bring all, all that we have into the mix to contribute to the whole for the advancement of the gospel. Paul, Paul didn't see these, uh, the, uh, the, didn't, uh, Paul understood the Philippine church to be helping the gospel, not hindering the gospel. In, in, with all the challenges, they were contributing to the advancing um, and the work of gospel but we see that Paul wasn't just simply giving a list of instructions and direction to the Philippian church he loved them so when he spoke to them and he'd given this instruction it wasn't because you've got a list of two to, to do's and don't do's 
he he genuinely loved them he had an affection for them that was that like that of christ which was sacrificial which was service oriented which was for their benefit and for their good and so love was was intensely practical and lived out in the everyday ordinary community of life uh, of, of, of of the church and so let's move on into verses nine because this is where paul then prays for the, the philippian church and in his prayer we get a glimpse of what he's going to develop in the rest of the letter the things that i that I think are really important to him and the things that he wants to communicate to the, the, the congregation in Philippi. Bear in mind, these are, these are relatively new believers and they're also now facing um, challenges from, from false teachers who could easily distract. Now, Paul, um, Paul prays this, and I guess this would be um, my prayer, our prayer for you, if we were, I, th I think if we were going to pray as elders of the church, we would, we would maybe gather around this prayer and we would pray this over you and for you, is that your love will keep on growing in, in knowledge and in every kind of discernment. Let me just pause there. That, that prayer, I, that your love will keep on growing. This wasn't just a static one-time expression of love that now, I've, now I'm a Christian, I'm, I've got love. It's, it's actually that it will keep on growing, that it will keep maturing, it will keep shaping the way that you and I live our life in, in light of who we are in Jesus and that it will expand and multiply in very practical real terms. But you're, that he says then they'll grow in the knowledge um, not only in love, increasing in, in, in love, but in knowledge and every kind of discernment. Now, if you remember what's going on in the, in, in the context, false teachers and a false gospel being proclaimed, he's saying that I, for these believers, I pray that you'll, you'll grow in knowledge, that you'll grow in knowledge of who Jesus is, that you'll grow in the knowledge of truth, that you'll grow in the knowledge of the gospel, you'll grow in the, grow in the knowledge of all that God has, uh, has for you and has called you to be. I think that's what Paul is trying to communicate, that the knowledge of who Jesus is will so radically transform your life that you will remain steadfast and firm, understanding, rightly dividing uh, truth and, um, and falsehood and that you, uh, through every kind of discernment. So this idea then that it's, it's uh, being able to to clearly understand what is true and what is false. Now, keep growing in love. So some of the some of the most loving things that we can do for one another is to is to begin to 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 correct falsehood in a in a loving and kind way. But you see, we don't concentrate on what is false. We concentrate on what is true. And by concentrating on what is true, we expose what is false. And so we don't just go after the false and keep calling out the false, we call out the true. And in so doing, let the light of Christ expose the false. Now, it may be that at some points throughout a course of conversation relationship, we, we, we need to do some correction. And I think Paul wasn't shy of doing that. He wasn't shy of calling out false teachers and false doctrine, but he did so by pointing to what is true, being gripped and captivated by what is true and letting love be the predominant factor, grace, and truth love and truth separate the two and you end up with disaster but love and truth working together in order that, that christ may be made much of so he and then he goes on in verse 10 so that you may approve the things that are superior 
and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ. What was the point of holding to what is true, growing in love and discernment, while well, it's so that we might be able to approve? That is that rightly divide and understand what is true and what is false, the, the way of Jesus, and become pure and blameless in the day of Christ. And I think this actually ties into verse six and that ongoing work of Jesus that we are continually to be transformed by him the more that we set our course to walk with him and know him is if we are saved and we are being saved it's not it's all 100 god and 100 us it's not a 50 50 thing it's it's all god but he requires all of us to participate with him and so we do so by growing in love and knowledge and discernment of the gospel and the good news of jesus that is is incredible is powerful to change it is the the hope of life and so that we become more and more christ-like in our in our in our daily living and then verse 11 and with this i'm going to come to a close and give you four things that i think this this passage speaks into uh, be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through jesus christ to the glory and praise of god this uh, be filled with the fruit of righteousness i love that paul's prayer wasn't that they just be filled with a little bit of the fruit of the righteousness that comes through through Jesus. Um, but they'd be full. They'd be filled with, ongoingly being filled with the fruit of righteousness. That's right standing with God. But the, I wonder whether Paul has also got in mind that Galatians 5 and the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. And I'm pretty sure I've missed one of them out. Um, but that sense of demonstrating the life and the character of Christ as we walk with him that he be filled and so so that he's glorified what is this glory well it's Christ is honored in the way that they live is it, how do we bring glory to God it's not some um, glory cloud that we experience in a worship service actually the glory that we bring and praise that we bring to God is a life that is consecrated to him that brings honor to him in the way that we live as as God's people and so this I believe is the invitation that Paul offers to the Philippian church and I think that this is the offer that is to us today to to give our all to him knowing that we are secure in him held fast in him guaranteed in him to give our life to him so that he might shape us to become all that he's designed us to be so that we may may hold to what is true and 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 discard what is false so that we may truly bring glory and honor to the praise of the one who is worthy in and through Christ Jesus. So four things that I think hi I highlighted in these, these verses that I think we can learn prayer. Uh, we see in each of Paul's letters, just this life of, of given to prayer for one and for the mission and for one another. Maybe we could, maybe we could strive in the right sense to become that kind of people. A people of prayer who give thanks for one another and for the work of God and participate in his mission. We're, I think we're called to partner together. This is not John doing everything. This is not about the pastor or the elders or the ministry leaders uh, being about the work of, of God. This is about every single one of us playing our part in partnership with Jesus in the spirit for the advancing of the kingdom 
of the uh, and the and the proclamation of the gospel i i think we're also called to a life of purity purity in the gospel purity to 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 be distinct uh, uh, on the face of the earth i think how do how do we how do we uh, how are we effective in mission i think it's when we are we stand out as different not isolated not in not in exclusion but distinct distinct from others and then finally purpose well i think we I think we find our purpose to grow in maturity as the kind of people that God has called us. What could this look like? Well, I think, how do we measure that? How do we measure our purpose, whether engaged with our purpose and our and maturity are we by what we believe? I think Paul has indicated that by who we believe and how we live. I think there are three things that give an indication of a, a living out a life of purpose is we're clear on what we believe, on who we believe, and how we are to live so may you know the, the 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 blessing and the presence and the peace of god this week um as i hand back over to john in a moment but i want to pray can i just pray this prayer for you as i close and it is uh, and i pray this that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that you may prove the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen.
Father, as we bring our time together as a close right now, we echo the words over each one of us that Ian has read, that Paul wrote, inspired by you, that our love would keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that we maybe approve the things that are superior and maybe pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. Church, I want to encourage you this week. Maybe we partner with each other. Just like that Philippian church partnered with Paul in his imprisonment, maybe what it looks like to advance the gospel in this season is not what brings us glory, but brings God glory as we partner with each other, supporting each other, spurring one another on. We're going to look at this more next week as we carry on with this letter, some punching words from Paul that he brings. But I just wonder, who are you thinking of right now? Maybe in the chat there is a name that you saw of someone you've not spoken to for a while, you're not connected with. Maybe there's just somebody that's coming to your thought right now. What if God is putting that name on your heart right now? So you can grow in love as you love that person and you share the knowledge that you've got of Jesus and what he's done in your life. And you discern together just how good God is in the midst of everything that's going on in our world. And then the fruit starts to grow as we express that with each other. That's what a, a church community is all about. Uh, faithfulness of coming online right now. Thank you for showing faithfulness when it's not our preferred option, but we still do it for each other because we're giving glory to God. Serving one another in partnership to see the gospel advance for his glory. Maybe that's what we can do this week. 
So church, I pray this week would be one which marked out with uh, thanksgiving towards each other, glory to who God is, partnership in the gospel, finding our purpose, all those things that Ian has shared. And as we do that together, we see your glory come on earth as the waters cover the sea. Church, have a blessed week. Uh, and I hope you enjoy connecting with your connect groups and connecting with each other in the ways that we can that are safe to do so in this time. And we'll be together again, faithfully this time next week to give God glory. Amen.